Good morning, and welcome to the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. With the always evolving world of cyber threats and defense, you need a source you can trust. FBI retired Special Agent Darren Mott guides you through today's intricate cyber landscape and brings you the latest headlines and insights and what it means to you. Let's dive into today's cyber news. Good morning, friends. It is Tuesday, December 12th, 2023. This is a Cyber Smart Morning News Update. I'm your host, retired FBI Supervisory Special Agent Darren Mott. As always, thank you so much for downloading, listening, and passing the podcast off to others to perhaps listen to and ingest the news of the morning. I have, how many I have? Uh, eight tabs open here. Some of these will be a little short looking at in, but uh, some of them will be, you know, as we usually do. Not much will be new in the pre- presentation perspective here today. So first one from darkreading.com. This one was on all the news sites, so I made it the first one to talk about. And in this title of this one from Nate Nelson, Lazarus Group is still juicing Log4 Shell using remote access tools written in D. The infamous vulnerability may be on the older side at this point, but North Korea's Primo APT Lazarus is creating new, unique malware around it at a remarkable clip. North Korean hackers are still exploiting Log4J Shell around the world, and lately they're using the access to target organizations with one uh, three new remote uh, remote access Trojan. That's good reading on my part. Written in the rarely seen D programming language. I had honestly had not heard of that. I'm not a programmer, but that's kind of interesting. But the group behind this scheme is one of the many entities within Lazarus, an umbrella cybercrime collective within North Korea. This one is called Andoreal, okay, also known as Onyx, Sleet, and Plutonium. I guess it depends on who you're talking to, which which security group and how they're named. You'd think they'd come up with one common one, but I repeat myself again. But this group specializes in obtaining initial access and persistent for longer-term espionage campaign in service of the Kim Jong-un regime. In some cases, though, it has carried out its own ransomware attacks against healthcare organizations. This is interesting, right? Because this this particular group does a couple things. It does espionage against things that are nation-state oriented or national defense for North Korea against entities similar to that. And on the, on the side, does some ransomware attacks probably to fund its own operations because obviously um, North Korea is not exactly a wealthy country. But since March, Cisco Talus has observed three and andoreal attacks of note using log4 shell against an agricultural organization in South America, a European manufacturing company, and an American subsidiary of a Korean physical security company. In each of these cases, the group has deployed novel malware written in an unpopular C++ offshoot program language known as D with the intent to throw off detection analysis. And that's the key, right? That's why they're doing it. Because chances are that most antivirus and other endpoint detection things aren't looking for this type of of, um, particular signature. And so they're winning. But now that it's out, ideally, uh, antivirus and endpoint detection and all that kind of stuff can look at, or at least put in signatures to look for this kind of thing. Um, Chances are it will not be the... um, have the greatest impact, but the flaw that they're exploiting has a CVE of 2021. So it's been around for two years, 44228. It's a max severity vulnerability that rates 10 out of 10. And the fact that this still works goes to show the failure of cybersecurity in general, in the sense that, well, a failure in the sense of small and medium-sized companies being able to afford good cybersecurity, because obviously this is not something they're looking for and there's people falling victim to it. And there will constantly be people falling victim to it until it's completely you know, eliminated as a vulnerability, which will never be the case. So again, keep in mind, update your systems, understand that, you know, these things have been out for a while. You should be able to update them and fix them, but that is, that's a new one. All right. This is a 
uh, follow-up from yesterday about the ALF-V outage of all their infrastructure. Um, so this is just kind of updating that. It says, days-long ALF-V outage sparks arrest speculations. So ALF-V ransomware gangs, oh, I'm sorry, this is from Cyber News. This is Vilius Petkowskis reporting. The data leak and negotiation infrastructure of the notorious ALF-V cartel, also known as Black Hat, has been out for days, with cyber pundits saying the gang may have been busted. Numerous threat researchers have been speculating as to why the gang's infrastructure is down, as similar behavior was observed before other gangs were seized in the past. Uh, it is not uncommon, quote, for ransomware groups to have the infrastructure take extended periods offline, particularly in the aftermath of a law enforcement operation, says Chris Morgan, senior cyber threat intelligence analyst at ReliaQuest, who told that to Cyber News. Meanwhile, Yelisi Boskilaf, yeah, yeah, I can't even pronounce his last name, I'm not going to try, who's the chief researcher officer at RedSend, said that even ALFV's affiliates, crooks, that use ALFV-made malware to extort victims were under the impression that the law enforcement action caused a shutdown. Now, the reason this is probably not the case would be my guess, is that no one's, quote, no one's taking credit for it. Trust me, law enforcement, if they took down this group, would be screaming from the rafters that they had had success in taking down this group. Um, according to VX Underground Malware Researchers, good follow on X if you uh, are so inclined, ALV said they've experienced hardware failure on their server and are migrating to another server. That's probably the more likely excuse, simply be, or more likely reason, because no law enforcement entity has stepped up to say they've done it. Now, on the opposite side, when someone gets hit with ransomware, these groups will obviously always say, I did it, I did it, I did it, but law enforcement obviously can't do that. Um, and so, you know, we'll, we'll watch this, see what happens, see if we get more information later in the week what actually happened. But it's always good when bad things happen to bad people. All right. From also Cyber News, Paulina Occiente reporting ransomware gang hits hospitals in Kentucky and Indiana, millions affected. More than 2 million people have been affected by a ransomware attack against Norton Healthcare. Norton Healthcare, a not-for-profit healthcare system consisting of dozens of clinics and hospitals in Kentucky and Indiana, informed its clients about a cyber incident that affected its internal systems. Now, the interesting thing is it says December 18th, which is in seven, six days. So I'm not sure that must be a typo, obviously. But according to the notice sent to affected clients, the incident was determined to be a ransomware attack. Yeah, thumbs up. Well, they first called it a cybersecurity incident and then said it was a ransomware attack. But I just say it's a ransomware attack. I don't know what's again. Quote, unquote, cybersecurity incident is in this particular article. It's just a, you know, it's an issue for me, but I'll get over it. Norton claims it has notified the FBI, restored its systems from secure backups and not made any form of ransomware payments. Well, good for them. That's, that is really good. The office of the Maine Attorney General states that 2.5 million people were affected by the ransomware attack. So this, again, goes to show that Healthcare is a highly targeted entity is number one. I think of all the critical infrastructures, they're the one that gets hit the most, largely because, again, um, they can't, if especially a nonprofit, uh, if you're not for profit, you don't have a lot of money to do cybersecurity, always going to be an issue. So, you know, I'd really love for some of these entities to at least talk to someone like myself, who will at least talk to them about their issues, do some compliance assessment stuff. But I mean, again, it, it is what it is. You got to ask for help, but helps out there, folks. You can't, all you have to do is ask. All right. Bleepingcomputer.com, Sergio Gatlin reporting. Amazon sues the Reek fraud gang for that stole millions in illicit refunds. Now, I found this one in, the title was interesting. So I wanted to look into it a little more, but it says Amazon's customer protection and enforcement team has taken legal action against an underground store refund scheme that has resulted in the theft of millions of dollars worth of products from Amazon's online platforms. Rightfully so, they should do so. The lawsuit targets 20 members of an international fraudulent organization known as REEK or R-E-K-K, as well as seven former Amazon employees who acted as malicious insiders, according to the complaint. 
operating as an organized retail crime gang across online forums and social media. This fraud service provider provides illicit refunds for individuals in exchange for a fee. And it goes on and talks about this a little bit. I'm, now, my curious thing is, how do they identify who the people are? It does say Reek members are targeting Amazon. Okay, that doesn't matter. But um, my guess is they must have done some. It doesn't really say how they identified them. But somehow they've identified the people to put them in a lawsuit. Now, if it's just usernames, good luck with this lawsuit. But I will say for the former seven former employees who are insiders, those guys are going to get nailed uh, if if this comes to fruition on their side. It's again civil. No one's going to jail, mind you. It's a civil suit. But if someone has to pay money, that'd be great. But interesting tact by Amazon. It would be interesting to see if more entities do this going forward. Uh, follow up from a news report from a while ago, scmagazine.com reporting. Laura French, the reporter at Lazian warns of four new critical vulnerabilities affecting Jira Confluence and Bitbucket. If you remember a month or two ago at Lazian, who creates Confluence, which is a uh, information sharing platform you can p- install and in kind of like a Wikipedia internally um, had a bunch of uh, vulnerabilities that they had to patch. Well, they found some new ones. So the Atlassian vulnerabilities disclosed last week are more likely than not to be targeted in exploitation campaigns, according to the Australian Cybersecurity Center alert, based on previous exploitation of Jira and Confluence bugs. Atlassian, an Australian software company, has more than 260,000 customers in more than 190 countries, including two-thirds of Fortune 500 companies. The, of the bugs, one has a 9.8 on the CVSS scale, which is problematic. Is there a fix? That's probably your question. I believe, uh, let's see, I'm scrolling down, scrolling down, scrolling down, should be at the bottom, but um, doesn't say much if there's a fix yet. Uh, but ideally, uh, you will see patches coming for this. So if again, if you're an Atlassian user, look for updates and patches and patch them immediately because bad guys are going to start targeting these particular software pieces that have this bug. So just be aware. Cyber criminals continue targeting open remote access products. This is from helpnetsecurity.com. Cyber criminals still prefer targeting open remote access products or like to leverage legitimate remote access tools to hide their malicious actions, according to WatchGuard. Threat actors continue using different tools and methods in their attack campaigns, making it critical for organizations to keep abreast of the latest tactics to fortify their cybersecurity, said Corey Natchreiner, chief security officer at WatchGuard. Well, obviously, like listening to podcasts like this will help you do that, but I'm just saying. Modern security platforms that include firewall and endpoint protection software can deliver enhanced protection. Okay, whatever. He's he's ranting on there. But um, basically, this particular article is going on to talk about remote management tools. Threat actors increasingly use remote management tools and software to evade anti-malware detection because these tools allow legitimate logins. So obviously this is going to be credential stuffing as well, but both the FBI and CISA have acknowledged this is the way these threat actors are getting win. For instance, in researching the top phishing domains, the threat lab observed a tech support scam that resulted in a victim downloading pre-configured unauthorized versions of TeamViewer, which would allow an attacker full remote access to their computer. So it's not just remote access tools, it's social media that gets you to download these tools and give you access. So this is obviously a problem. If you're a business owner, you should disable as many of these remote management tools as you can and only use those that you need with trusted employees having access um, and you and install multi-factor authentication because this allows bad guys in over encrypted channels and going to be a problem. So that's a good article. I, I highly recommend you go check that one out. 
From CSOonline.com, water system attack sparked calls for cybersecurity regulations. So this is one of those things where one bad thing happens and all of a sudden everybody's, ooh, we, if we get regulations, it'll fix the whole thing. If you remember a couple of weeks ago, the Iranian Cyber Avengers group uh, exploited some Unitronics PLCs and it highlighted the cybersecurity weakness in U.S. water systems, at least one or two, or at least one. Um, perhaps, I think the second one had a ransomware attack. It was a little different attack. But this one was the one in Aliquippa, Pennsylvania. Now, if you notice, we haven't had any others that have occurred because there's other water companies in the United States that use Unitronics PLCs, but we only have this one. So we have one bad action where nothing happened, but now we need regulation. Not the way to go, people. Share intelligence on how they're doing it and then fix those problems. Don't just place regulations on the industry that's going to cost them money and they're probably not going to do it and then what are you going to do sue them i mean forget i mean this i'm not going to dig into this article it just it was the headline was one of those things that kind of bugs me simply because it's the knee jerk for bad things i used to make this example in the fbi where they would create rules for everybody and it's kind of like a horse owner where a horse owner has 20 horses in a barn and one of the horses breaks out of his stall and runs away. So what does the ho horse owner do? He cut, he shuts the door to the barn and, and beats the crap out of the 19 horses that stuck around. This is not the way you fix this problem. Regulation is not going to fix it, but you know, somebody apparently thinks they do. All right, quick update, apparently on something that occurred on the 11th, yesterday. Um, this is from Malwarebyte Labs. Amazon got hacked, messages are a false alarm. Amazon cost customers have been seeing a message on social media that has caused some alarm. Most of the posts look like this and they show kind of what it looks like. It says Amazon got packed for US people, check your Amazon account, hackers added hub lockers, blah, 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 blah. Um, but apparently, um, it's, uh, let's see. Amazon spokesperson said this isn't a data security matter and our systems are secure. Amazon pickup locations were added to a small number of customer accounts in error. We're working to fix the system. We apologize for any inconveniences may have caused with customers with questions about their accounts are welcome to contact customer service. But what this does show is what you should do. If you have Amazon turn on multi-factor authentication, problems will be all solved for the most part. All right, that's going to do it for the news today. All these articles are linked in the show notes. You're welcome to review them at your leisure. As always, thoughts, questions, comments are welcome. Darren at thecyberguy.com. Hit me up on any of my social media if you're so inclined. I am like five people away from 4,000 followers on LinkedIn. So if anybody can help me with that, that would be fan fantastic. Otherwise, know that knowledge is protection. If we understand the threats targeting us, we can assess our risk, proceed wisely. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. Tomorrow, uh, Cyber Focus Wednesday. Cyber Smart Morning News is written and produced by CyberGuy Productions. Feel free to email thoughts, comments, or suggestions to Darren at thecyberguy.com or follow Darren on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash Darren Mott. Thanks for listening.